Hello, Joe. Hi, Brian. Joe the Realtor. Joe the Realtor. Am I saying that right? Is it Realtor? Realtor or Realtor? How do you say it? It is Realtor, not Realtor, Realtor. Joe the uh, Realtor. Got it. And that is... um, that is actually the uh, trademarked name of um, anybody who's a member of the National Association of Realtors. Um, so whenever you see the word Realtor in print, uh, technically it is supposed to be all caps with the little uh, copyright sign next to it. Yeah, the uh, R with a circle around it. Yeah. And whenever I write our advertising copy or our website copy, I make sure to include that. And Realtor is all capital capitalized. And uh, but it reminded me of that discussion that the Simpsons inspired where I think one time I said nuclear and you stopped me. <laughs> you, you stopped me. You go, wait, you, you pronounce like that? Like, go, yeah, you're like, OK, <laughs> I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, it's nuclear, nuclear. Yes. Nuclear, Joe. It's pronounced nuclear. Oh. Well, at this point, um, I have not taken a listing on a nuclear power plant so it's kind of a moot point <laughs> there's um, only two in the state right <laughs> yeah if that many yeah I, i'm not sure <laughs> yeah yeah if one goes on the market it's half of all of them in in kansas yes that would be hilarious if you took on the nuclear real estate. we should just make a, a, a targeted advertisement to <laughs> those two places i think one's wolf creek i, I don't know what the other one's called but yeah. um I didn't even know we had them here in Kansas until I, years ago, I DJed one of their, um, one of their uh, winter like dances or whatever for all the employees for uh, like a Christmas holiday thing. And uh, they were, there's like 300 people there. And they're like, yeah, we're from a uh, Wolf Creek nuclear, nuclear power plant. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to break that. And I'm like, I didn't know we had that. And I Googled it and like, oh my gosh, I'll be darned. We do have one. So hey, yeah, it's like. It's not too far out of the Kansas City metro area. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's down by like Fort Scott, uh, not too far out of KC. Yeah. My big thing on the website right now is like reviewing things. I should review the best nuclear power plants in Kansas and hmm. see how that goes. <laughs> I would read those reviews. I don't know how I'd approach it. Well, this one has a better output than that output. I don't know. I don't. The parking lot looks nicer in this one. <laughs> Have you have you had the uh, snacks from the commissary at the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant in Arizona? They are <laughs> magnifique. Yes. And also, I should say I'm also recording from beautiful Hayes, Kansas, right now. If you are driving from Kansas City on the way to Denver, odds are you stopped here in Hayes, Kansas, just off I-70, um, from my parents visiting my parents. And Joe just asked me because I was clearing clearing my uh, you know every time I go on. Before we go on like the podcast, I like to warm up the pipes a little bit, you know, clear them out. Yes. And that involves me shrieking and, and yelling as loud as I can. And uh, Joe was like, hey, did your parents hear that? And I got to tell him <laughs> this house was built in 1983. And my father, uh, the, the team, he built this uh, back in the early 80s. This thing is solid. Like <clears throat> we had 55 mile an hour wind yesterday and you could not tell at all. Like you couldn't hear the wall shake. The only way you could tell is uh, the chimney. You can hear it blowing uh, through that, but this house is not moving. You can't hear very much. It is built like a bunker. Uh, so I don't know what it, I don't know what's different about building a house from 1983 in Western Kansas versus uh, anywhere else. But this thing is built solid. 
There could be a lot there. Uh, my folks built a house in 1986 and um, stepped up from two by four to two by six uh, framing on their walls. Uh, and that, that can make a big difference. Yeah. I, it's kind of, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, hmm. I, I don't know. I, I have not, I did not ask dad to drop the, show me the blueprints or whatever, but it just <laughs> feels like, I don't know. It just feels so much more solid. And, and the front facing, I don't know if it's brick accents or whatever. There's brick accents. I don't know if the front house is just all brick or whatever, but yeah, it is something else compared to my house. It was built in 2009. It's a little bit, I mean, you can tell it's storming outside from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know if it's just the way they built it or just uh, how it is. It's, we love our house uh, clearly, but it's just yeah. not as I would, I, I think it's fair to say my parents' house is built much more solid than my house. So yeah, real tour, real tour, <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> Speaking of real tour, uh, let's talk mm-hmm. about real tour to sell your house in Lawrence, Kansas. Joe, tell me about Lawrence, Kansas. Like, uh, first off, uh, how does it work? Are you allowed to sell in Lawrence, Kansas? I am. Um, I don't do a lot of business in Lawrence. Were I to get a client who wanted to do business in Lawrence, I I know that that's where you're based out of. Um, that that may be something you would handle, but um, Lawrence and uh, the Kansas City Metro aren't all that far apart anymore. You know, the, the Kansas City Metro keeps growing west and towards Lawrence, and it it just it, I wouldn't call Lawrence a suburb of Kansas City, but it's not that big of a deal to just run out to Lawrence anymore. Um, and uh, they are um, now a part of our. Uh, Regional Association of Realtors. Um, there's that word again, Realtor. Um, and so um, it is easier for agents based in the KC Metro to go out and show in Lawrence and vice versa. Um, they used to have their own board of Realtors and their own lock boxes, and, and it used to be a lot more difficult to show in Lawrence. And that, that's actually a pretty recent thing. When you were buying your house in Lawrence, um, we got with a Lawrence real estate agent because I couldn't access the homes uh, unless I joined the Lawrence Board of Realtors and got their um, got their uh, uh, iBox keys. So. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, a curious uh, kind of a situation. Um, whenever I was going through real estate, uh, getting my license and it made it sound like Lawrence is a little bit different than <laughs> say the, uh, which tell me if this is true. Like uh, Lawrence is technically the KC Metro area, would you say? It depends how you look at it. I mean, uh, when they do, like, one of the ways I look at it, and I think the, when people think of metro areas, this is kind of what they think of is um, in terms of media markets, like you guys get the Kansas City TV and radio stations out there. Right. Um, And so if it's kind of considered part of the Kansas City media market, it's kind of considered part of the metro. I I could go either way on calling it part of the metro. Um, it's you know, hard a few for years. me to think that. It's hard for me to think that it's part of the metro. Yeah. Like I would, if people tell me to do it, I will. Uh, but it's you know, yeah. it's a forty-five minute drive from downtown Kansas City, on the Missouri side, I should say. But it's about a thirty-minute drive to about <clears throat> to I don't know, was a was it Lenexa or Leewood? about yeah. If, if that, I mean, you you hit K ten from the west side of 435, you're really only on K-10 for about 15 minutes. You know, some people, the way they drive, like, you know, it's more like five or six minutes, but uh, <laughs> it, 
People do not obey the speed limit on K10. Of course I do. I wouldn't admit to anything illegal here. But, of course you do. Uh, yeah. You yeah. Drive, you drive like a you drive like a saint. I do. I do well, and and you know I've put curb feelers on my car, and um, no, I have not. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I find myself whenever I'm like putting um, together any kind of advertising materials or websites or social media stuff, I I just I instinctually I'm, I am separating Lawrence. I'll say like, you know, Joe, the realtor works in the Kansas KC Metro area, Lawrence, Kansas, Topeka. You can, if you want to. And I yeah. separate, I separate Lawrence from KC, um, the KC Metro. So uh, yeah, I just something about that. I don't know if it's just, uh, I, I don't want to confuse people because like if you have someone new coming to town and they're like, they want to live in the KC Metro and they're thinking Overland Park or Olathe and you drive them 45 minutes to Lawrence, they'll be like, what are you doing? Why are we out here? Yeah, that, that's a good way to think of it too. Yeah, well, you know, um, but yeah, Lawrence, I mean, it's only just now gotten as close as it has to the KC Metro and being a college town you know, that stood on its own for, you know, since what, like the 1830s. Um, it's it's really got its own identity and, and kind of stands on its own um, out there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Even even if development from what we consider the KC Metro ran right up to Lawrence, I think, I think Lawrence would still keep a lot of its character. I think you're right. And uh, speaking of that, did you watch the big game? I did. I did. Uh, the uh, I, I assume you're referring to the KU NCAA championship game. Yeah, I am referring to the NCAA KU men's basketball championship game of 2022 for the 2021-2022 yes. season, where it was the KU Jayhawks versus the North Carolina Tar Heels and uh, University of UNC Tar Heels, I should say. And that was something else. We were down by 16 at one point. Is that right, Joe? Uh, at least 15 at the half. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like starting to, you know, console myself by thinking, well, at least we made it this far this year. Wow. That's, and then, yeah, that the comeback. That, that comeback was erased within like six minutes of the yes. second half. It just went, it just evaporated. Like it never happened. I was like, I remember, I remember going into the second half because it was so weird. Um, things were going uh, UNC's way. And I remember looking at my wife, you know, Tanya, you know, you've met Tanya. And mm -hmm. uh, the, I just look at her and I'm like, I feel like we're playing better though. I just, yeah, we're, we're like, they're getting more second chance offensive free boards. We're not making our free throws, but I just feel like we're, we're executing more. We're, we're, uh, we're just playing better, even though it's a weird thing to say when you're down 15, it's almost like a self soothing or I'm trying to cope with it. But I swear to God, I was like being honest. I'm like, I feel like, we're, we are doing better though. And I, and uh, then it came out in the you know, first six minutes of the second half and uh, we just lit it up and UNC went cold and we yes. took advantage. Yeah. And um, I don't know that something about it come from behind when I, I don't want to, I mean, being a KU grad myself, I, they're all, they're all special, but there's something a little more like to it when you come from behind and you really earn it. Um, but uh but yeah, that second half, they just came out so hot and uh, uh, never let up. And that, that was it. That was it. That was, you know, we, need you check, uh, we, we need to check uh, last 2009 real estate prices. I wonder if like uh, real estate prices went up. Uh, probably probably not in 2009. <laughs> I wonder if this will have any effects on our real estate market. <laughs> just like home to the world champion or the NCAA champions. Or, you know, 
I don't know that it affects price much, but big events um, like when the Royals were in the playoffs for two years in a row, um, you know, those baseball playoffs draw out so long. I remember those falls in 2014 and 2015, they were pretty quiet. You know, usually we start to see seasonal slowdowns and, you know, in, in around Thanksgiving, maybe a little before, but during baseball playoff season in 14 and 15, you know, people were so starved for a good baseball team and everybody just dropped everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it was so funny. I can't prove it, but anecdotally, my observation, it just seems like right after the World Series and especially after New Year's, things just came back so quickly. And and uh, I, I really feel like that had an effect on people shopping for homes. They um, just didn't want to, they, they put off buying a home for a few, for a little bit so they can enjoy the baseball yeah. experience and then pick it back up as soon as it was ready to go. I mean, if you, if, if you remember 14 and 15 in the fall in Kansas City, first of all, everything, everybody turned everything blue that they could. And second of all, when there was a playoff game, I mean, God help you if you needed emergency surgery or anything like that. I don't think anybody was working. You know? like, I remember I was living uh, I was living in downtown Kansas City whenever that happened, and that was something very yeah. special. But yeah, um, yeah, I, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I, it's more of a I think of Lawrence in terms of like I, I can't imagine uh, a national championship like that, but it adds to kind of the brand that mm-hmm. is Lawrence and the experience that is Lawrence. Like if yeah, you are, for sure. You're, I mean, it's always cool to see your like uh, your town get national attention, and they they have like you're watching ESPN or you're watching <laughs> CBS, and you see Mass Street on there, and like, oh, that's fun! I hang out there all the time. Yeah. And, uh, well, it, for Lawrence and for Kansas in general too, I, I like anything that reinforces the basketball tradition in Kansas. You know, I, I think for you know there are a few states people think of like indiana north carolina and kansas when they think of basketball and and uh i think i think you know more championships just adds to the richness of that tradition and that history and uh really really puts us in i guess elite company with with uh i don't know maybe i'm the only one who thinks this way you know basketball states you know like Mm -hmm. who just casual Brian, what are your favorite basketball states? You know, but uh, I, I think Kansas earns that if the if there yeah, is such a thing. College basketball, I suppose. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's NBA true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Have you ever watched like uh, an NBA game versus a college game? And like, obviously, we're college yeah. basketball fans. We don't really have an NBA yeah. to follow. But then if you, I, I do watch the playoffs in the NBA, and I'm like, oh my god, this game is so much faster. It is unbelievable. Everyone there is so good. And actually, it was uh, I think it was Kevin Durant was on a podcast with um, it was a JJ Reddick or another player. I can I think it was him. And the people were like, they, I remember one of the questions they get asked is like, why don't you play defense? And he's like, look, it's not that we don't know how to play defense. It's just that everyone is really good. And those two, three sets that you see or these sets that they do in college don't work. Everyone's like one-on-one. They're making a big play. Everyone can maneuver. Everyone's fast. It doesn't work that way. So it was, it was like getting kind of mad about it. It's like, we know how to play defense. Damn it. It's just, everyone's so good. <laughs> yeah. In the NBA, it almost looks like guys can just score at will, you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it's amazing how different the games are. Um, you know, the, the guys in the NBA are, I mean, 
college players are big, but NBA guys, you know, they're, they're NFL size guys now. You know? Oh, they're, they're huge. Big and fast. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's just when you take the best, the best of a very challenging league like the NCAA men's basketball. All right. The best ones, which is the top 3%, go here. I'm like, oh, good Lord. This mm-hmm. is going to be really intense. So, yeah. Um, so, speaking of um, cities and Kansas with, uh, Moving on from Lawrence, I want to talk about Olathe, Kansas. And you're familiar with Olathe, Kansas. Is that right, Joe? Very much so, yeah. I want to talk about, uh, uh, so if you want to buy a new home, you're familiar with new homes. Uh, buying a new house yes. in Olathe, Kansas, what's it look like there right now? Well, it's um, one of the areas where we there are a lot of uh, new homes communities. Um, it uh, uh, th- So there's a lot of variety there. Um, there's a lot of price points. Um, Olathe covers a lot of ground. Um it, it's it's a big suburb and um you know geographically area wise it, it, it's big and there's still a lot of undeveloped parts of it yet to go um but uh um yeah there, there's a pretty wide variety out there a lot of the newer stuff is out there um but uh it, it is someplace where you can find um you know single family homes attached homes maintenance provided um there's homes of all ages there you know there there were there are neighborhoods that were established back in the late 70s early 80s that when i think about when they were first built they they would have been out there you know but now now the way the kc metro has grown in johnson county and olathe um you know a lot of the areas have filled in and and um there, there's just a lot out there. Yeah, there's a lot of, seems like a lot of, uh, is development still uh, going on in Olathe? Are they still building? Like uh, probably not at the same pace mm-hmm. or at the same pace that you're used to? Is it just keep on going kind of? They, they're, they're, they're going as fast as anybody else, um, which is kind of dictated by materials and labor right now. But um, yeah, the the uh, pace of growth in Olathe, I haven't checked for a while, but you know, Olathe usually has, is one of the municipalities in the KC Metro that, that pulls a lot of permits, uh, meaning a lot of new construction starts. But, um, you know, a lot of people think of, and, and geographically, I guess 175th Street is kind of the south border of Olathe. And when you get over that, now you're starting into getting into the neighboring communities of Gardner and Spring Hill. And those those areas are starting to take off. Um, as Olathe kind of, like I said, kind of runs up against its its southern um, boundaries. And I say 175th Street, and I know people who know the area will think, well, that's not exactly it. But none of, I don't think any of our city limits are perfectly square. So that's, that is an approximation. Okay. Uh, did, did you know they canceled the parade of homes in Lawrence this year because there's not enough homes? I did not know that, but the last couple of years and and uh parade cycles i guess you'll say i know they like the kc metro have a spring and fall parade of homes um i noticed they they only had a very small handful of homes on the uh, on their parade and it does it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of new ground to develop out in lawrence like you guys are kind of built out there's just not a whole lot of new home. i know it's still there but um it's just yeah. not as prevalent that could be it yeah i guess whenever i think about where the new developments are happening it's uh 
it's on the west side of town on the west side of Wakarusa. And yep. it's uh, houses that are, when you drive by K10 around the bypass there. And, yeah. Uh, they're building out that way. And these houses are going for like, I look at them up, I look at them up, I look at them up, they're like 400 to 600,000 starting. So yep. I don't know if that would be a first time home buyer kind of price range. Obviously, it depends on what, no. your, what your price range is, but I would say traditionally, statistically, that's not really a, it's not a starter home, right? That's not. No. Then again, I think Patrick Mahomes' first home was like <laughs> 1.5 million. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you are, you know, uh, one of the best QBs uh, <laughs> in the first five start se- starting seasons, then maybe it's a little different for you. Then say uh, you're like an ad- account manager for an advertising firm and you're junior level. Yeah. If you're kidding. Yeah. Started. No. Um, and that that's true of new homes in general. Um, they're not typically a person's or household's or family's first home. They're usually their second or third. Um, just because the the pricing and with material costs where they are more so now than than even just a couple years ago, um, so yeah, it's a, a new home is usually a move up thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Olathe, like you said, uh, it looks like there's um, opportunities to like uh, there's land to build on, and uh, you've been yeah. doing new homes in Olathe for a while. Uh, you, you do Gardner now, but I know you're in Olathe for a while, and their home the homes that are there are beautiful and. Yep. And I, I like the neighborhoods that are uh, being built out there. Uh, actually, some guys I went to high school with are living out there too. So it um, looks like a nice place to uh, check out a new home and uh, a new home construction in Olathe, Kansas. Um, yeah. We'll have to do an episode where we walk through like the step-by-step process, what goes through a new construction when you're buying a new one. Uh, but but yeah, it's uh, looks like, it looks pretty fun. I, whenever I go through those new homes that you would uh, you know represent, they're really nice and they look so nice. There was like... They were just so fun because the finishes were so nice. And the floor was so mm-hmm. nice. It has that new home smell. It's just so cool. It does. It does. And, and, and you know, Brian, I don't sell junk. So, of course, if I, I'm selling it, you know, it's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, if it's yeah. Joe the Realtor, you know, it's uh, <laughs> high quality. Yeah. It's the good stuff. But, um, but um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to kind of watch. It, it's not like, I don't know if it's a conscious thing the builders are doing or, or – if it's just something that that's coming with the territory of pricing going up, but obviously with the per square foot costs of, of homes going up, you got to do a little more to set yourself apart. We are starting to see a bit more innovation and, and um, uniqueness in some of the homes. Um, you know, when, where it used to be, you could get a 2,800 square foot house for 325, $350,000. Now they're, you're you're in the mid fives at 2,800 square feet in a lot of places. Um, you know, that that does mean you do start to see some more features you didn't see before. Um, some finishes, you know, tile in more places or designer tile where there was just plain tile, things like that. So that's kind of interesting to watch. I, I don't know how to quite measure that or or, or um, track that, but it, it, to my eye, it seems like that is something that is happening as as um, the prices of the homes have gone up um, with just just due to what materials cost the builders these days. I like how um, I wanted to do a funny video, um, like a real estate agent, but like in Eastern Europe, kind of like, you know, you know how Tanya, mm-hmm. my wife, Tanya is from, she's an East, uh, a Ukrainian and uh, a lot of stuff's mm-hmm. going on right now, but uh, she's, uh, you know, uh, doing fine, doing fine. It's just uh, a lot of stuff's going on. Yeah. But, I did, but before, uh, I remember she grew up in what is called, um, I believe it's called a Stalinka. 
um, or it's one of those communist kind of uh, properties, right? That's kind of built, they're built cookie gutter, right? All the same. Mm -hmm. And every block has like, it's a, has a building and has a pharmacy and a playground and all this stuff. And it's the city planning is very similar. And I always wanted to be like, wonder, wonder what it would be like to be like a real estate agent there. And they're like, so what is this house like? It's literally like the last four we looked at. It's just now, <laughs> it's just now down the street. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Well, th that's funny now because now the, they go back now they can um, actually do some updates to it and add those finishes that they're kind of custom now that she's uh, uh, living in America. Uh, but I remember like, like, no, they're all built the same. They're all built the same mm -hmm. plan. And there's not really a whole lot of, um, not really a whole lot of options here, just kind of this or that. So, uh, but yeah, though, when you, when you build a new house here, you know, we, you can have a little bit more freedom and how you choose. Yes. Though, though I do think sometimes like when you're in a, you know, when you're in a new development, maybe there's three or four or five models and that's kind of what they go with or tell me I'm wrong. It feels like sometimes like there's limited options unless you want something specific to a new home. Uh, I never <laughs> bought a new house, so I don't know. It, it depends. Um, Kansas City is unique in that um, we don't have a lot of mega builders um, in in the metro area, you know, uh, build big companies that will buy developments and be the builder and developer on every home in there. You know, a, a good example um, and, and one that does a great job, but doesn't sell in the Kansas City market is Toll Brothers, you know, um, but Kansas City is kind of the opposite. You know, there, there's I, I could probably name just in my career, I've probably worked with four dozen builders, you know, at least. Um, and they do have plans that, you know, start to get successful and they will build more of those than others. And so, yes, you do start to see um, some of the same plans duplicated in neighborhoods. But um, you see a lot more variation in new home subdivisions in Kansas City than I think you would in a lot of other metro areas. Um, but um, so that that's kind of unique to Kansas City, though. Um, you know, for simplification and costs and things like that, we are seeing a little less customization, at least at the price points I look at, I work at, um, and it, it's just a matter of. It's not that we don't want to do it. It, it. It's just really time consuming for a builder to run down pricing on like five little custom items people want in their homes. It's stuff like uh, somebody was asking about um, a, a deeper bathtub. And it's like, oh, gosh, I got to get with my plumbing supplier, wait for my plumbing supplier to get back with me, make sure it fits. And, and it can be a very time consuming thing. And um, so it, it's some of the mid-range and lower price points. You're starting to see a little less customization, um, but uh, I think you still see a lot more variation in um, new homes in Kansas City than you do in a lot of other markets. Yeah. And uh, this kind of dovetails nicely into the next thing I want to talk about is selling a house in Olathe, Kansas. We're mm -hmm. talking about buying new homes. Now it's talking about selling a house. Uh, Seems like uh, houses sell pretty quickly out there, unless uh, something's going on. Or tell me I'm crazy, but it seems like it's a, it's a. Is this what we call a seller's market? Is that what we call it? It is. It is, and by quite a large margin, this is a seller's market. Um, yeah, no, we've got about. I haven't uh, seen the latest on uh, the amount of inventory we have in in Kansas City, but. Um, or Olathe specifically, but I, you know, when, when I start a search, the first thing I click is active. And the first little number I see um, 
that comes up in the corner of my screen is the number of active listings metro wide and it's been hovering around 32 3500 for some time now and um a year and a half ago two years ago or, or we'll just say pre-pandemic that number was regularly over 5000 um and so there's quite a drop in inventory and Olathe is one of those places if uh, I just did a search for myself today and the search criteria was pretty broad Johnson County two car garage two or more bedroom two or more bathroom up to $350,000 and this included Olathe and there was only like 18 homes that meet that criteria um, wow. so um, when that inventory is that low you don't have much competition when you put your house on the market um now having said that you can still miss the mark i have seen people overprice their homes and and if it if you see a house that sits on the market after the first weekend it's been on the market you, you can almost in this in this general sales environment um i'm trying not to use the word market so much but market um it it uh it means you missed the mark on the price by quite a bit um you you know you, you it is still possible to overprice a home in, in this in this yeah. environment yeah i mean uh, yeah it's yeah you, you can totally still if you really get um silly about it um mm -hmm. like for example there's a house for sale here in hayes i think it was 1700 or 1800 square feet i saw photos photos of it it's you know it's it's a hayes kansas home it's updated mm -hmm. a little bit but they they marked it for 390 and you should have heard the belly laugh i let out i'm like 390 for what was that per square foot that's like 200 a square foot or something like i don't know what that would be but it was so bizarre so 390 divided by 1700 square feet yeah 229 a square foot in these oh my god wow. uh yeah that's not i mean i think they're what you just said just now like they're trying to see if there's some maniac out there who's one yeah. specifically that house for that that amount of money um or you know what i guess i say maniac i don't mean i mean maybe they'll find a buyer who like for whatever reason likes that specific latitude and longitude location and yeah. they'll shell out shell it out for that money but i would say that's a rare rare thing to do yeah it, it would be and and uh now having said that um i'm not too familiar with Hayes, but i don't know how much turnover there actually is in the market. I, I would also think it would be kind of hard to um, assess the value of a home there because you, I, I don't think Hayes, even a smaller community like Hayes, I think is still affected by inventory shortages if they're happening everywhere. So in a town that probably doesn't have much turnover to begin with, and then on top of that has short inventory, um, I could imagine it, it could be darn hard to um, price a home. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of things have happened around here, especially like uh, there's buyers from like we talked to real estate agents here and there's buyers from California and Colorado, places where I would never imagine they want to live in, you know, Western, windy, Western Kansas. And I don't know if they have family or whatever, for whatever reason, they just want to change of pace in their lifestyle. But, um, you know, how with people working from home more, um, yeah, you have more options to live where you want to live and your dollar, your, your money goes a lot farther here than it does uh, on a lot of other places in, in the country. But um, 
I do. I don't know. Like if someone jumps in with two feet <laughs> and buys a house and you know, I grew up here, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like this. Uh, it really is an adjustment. <laughs> so you have to get used to it because I've lived here like my first 21 years of life. And then I moved to Lawrence and uh, you know, I love, I love where I grew up and I love my state of Kansas, yeah. obviously. Uh, it's just like uh, people who say they're going to move to Hayes. I'm like, well, you're going to have to adjust a little bit if you're used to like a city life or a Lawrence life, or it's an adjustment. Yeah. Um, not saying you can do whatever you want. If you want that, that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I get, and I, I say that with extra uh, extra enthusiasm. Like if you're coming from a California or a big city, like in like Denver, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I, I've lived there too. Uh, it's just, mm -hmm. it's a little, it's slower. It's quieter. And there's the, the options are you get to know your options, all of them in the first few weeks. So get ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After week one, you really don't get lost anymore. Oh, um, no. It, yeah. It's really, uh, people are nice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. People are real nice and there's a lot of fun stuff and the colleges and the yeah. schools are great. Just like, you know, I grew up in a metro and you're used to like a hundred bars cool. in a big street. Like, okay, well, there's like about, you know, nine, maybe 10 here. <laughs> and then you, you're going to go through them pretty quick. Well, and, and people listening to this, you know, obviously you and me are in different locations and we're recording this over Zoom. Um, it, I'll just let everybody who's listening know we are using every bit of bandwidth available in Hayes right now to do this podcast. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody else is online right now. <laughs> yeah, no, we, so, every, every one of those cracks in the, the Wi-Fi you've heard with Joe talking or me talking, that's because uh, my wife sneezed near the router. <laughs> when your sister keeps texting you like when can i get back on netflix hello <laughs> this isn't this isn't 1997 where you're like can i use the internet now i'm like this isn't dial up of course it can yeah. <laughs> somebody tries to send a fax and all the lights in town go out i don't know what you're <laughs> it's a dot matrix <laughs> who's using a dot matrix printer right now come on we have I, well i happen to know your your parents home phone number only has uh three digits you know so that, yeah <laughs> that would that would really be uh, helpful too but no isn't it weird you can memorize your phone number too by the way i was like i don't ever that's here, here's a weird thing i do like i don't uh put my parents cell phone numbers i don't put them as mom or dad in my cell phone i have them as the number. So just in case something weird happens and I don't have my phone with me and I need to call them, I have their numbers memorized. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, I, mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've memorized a number in 10 years. Oh, wow. You are walking a high, that's a, that's a tightrope high wire act right there. What you're doing, my friend. Well, <laughs> I realized this when I was going out to my new homes community in um, Gardner and I was looking at the signs and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I haven't memorized that number yet. That's kind of an important number for me to know. You know? Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Well, yeah, I did the same thing for Tanya. I have her phone number memorized just in case. Like, I'm not to say there's a payphone out there somewhere that I'm going to have to use, but I don't know why I have this weird situation in my mind where I somehow get separated from my mobile device and I need to call somebody. Uh, but, you know, it's just a weird. And I, I could always call my house phone here in Hayes, but I've watched mm -hmm. my dad three times, let it ring, not he not answer it. I don't think I think he's given up <laughs> on the, the home phone. He just he's like, call myself if you want to talk to me. Then <laughs> uh, your dad actually have a ham radio that you have to hail. <laughs> that would him be on. so cool if we had a ham radio. That would rule. Um, no, we, but we have a lot of ham. A lot of ham sandwiches. <laughs> That's your dad's podcast. Uh, Randy's ham radio. That's his, that's his, he talks about ham and his ham radio. And yeah, it's just oh, basically me explaining back, back up, back up the tape. I don't want anybody stealing that idea. Can we, <laughs> I can back it up. Yeah. Backing. <laughs> I will rewind the Wi-Fi. 
it's, well, it's Hayes. We are on reel to reel, aren't we? I mean, yeah, this is a reel to reel. This is a this is like a something out of Doc Brown's 1955 house, <laughs> Back to the Future. It's a it's a tape recorder that actually has a pilot light for some reason. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> All right, last thing I want to talk about is still Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, we reviewed this on the blog on the website. It's the best Mexican restaurants in Lawrence, Kansas. And I, I do say that with a little bit of, because some of these uh, restaurants, uh, they, they identify, like the way they, they, they present themselves as Latin America cuisine, mm-hmm. but they do use the word Mexican food uh, within the, the language itself, like when they're talking about it. So, and that made me learn a little bit, dig a little bit, like where, you know, the Latin American cuisine, Mexico is a part of Latin America. Uh, whereas um, if you just, if you would say that everything's Mexican food, that's not fair to somebody say from Brazil or Ecuador or yeah. anywhere else. So, uh, but anyways, uh, with that in mind, uh, I think we all get the idea. Uh, so uh, Joe, do you remember what your favorite Mexican restaurant was or the first place that comes to mind when I you do. think about it? Uh, for me, it's El Mezcal. And Mezcal, um, yeah. I, yeah, I just remember one, it seems like they, you get a ton of food there and everything is good. And um, so that, that was, that was uh, my go-to uh, when I lived in Lawrence was El Mezcal and they have a couple locations, don't they? Do, do they still have two locations there? I've only known the one on 23rd street. Um, okay. It might have a I thought, they had, I thought they had one on Iowa, at least for a while. Um, like around ninth in Iowa, eighth in Iowa. Let me Iowa, El Mezcal, Lawrence, Kansas. Let me yeah. look it up here. Okay, you have one on 23rd Street, and I'm not seeing a second one. It looks like it's okay. on 23rd Street. No. Uh, so don't look for one on Iowa. Um, <laughs> no, but... I like how, yeah, the idea of it being on Iowa, it's on 23rd, and just, it's like cat a corner from the El Mezcal on Iowa on 23rd. Now it's... <laughs> yeah. It's in the, the, uh, hey, they saw Starbucks do it, so they do it, you know. Yeah, so. El Mezcal is next to the CVS restaurant, and then across to Iowa, it's also in where the Texas Roadhouse is. There's an El Mezcal <laughs> over there, too, just to cover our bases, make sure we get both yeah. sides of Iowa Street, Iowa. Now, having said that, um, Lawrence is uh, very peculiar. I don't know peculiar is the word, but um, it's hard to find bad Mexican there. For some, Somehow, um, it ended up with quite a few good Mexican restaurants. Or oh, Latin yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, El Mezcal was the first place I went to, uh, first Mexican restaurant I went to when I moved to Lawrence in 2004-ish. Uh, and um, actually, the one I, I declared the uh, best overall pick was La Paria. It's on Mass, mm-hmm. on Mass Street. And That's a great oh, one. Oh, is that good? That is so good. Um, yeah, the, the way they, they cook the food, it's fresh. Uh, it's you know authentic. Uh, they something about the experience there, the taste and the the way when you experience like it, it really just the, the 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 flavors really come to life, and it's and it's a fun it's a nice experience sitting around there. And they've moved since the pandemic. You can sit outside. They've expanded the outdoor seating area as well. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, have you uh, done the La Peria lately, Joe? Not lately. Uh, I'll have to. Well, we may have to go there next time I come up to Lawrence. Oh, yeah. We're going to La Perea. That, that's the good one. Uh, also, another favorite is uh, Salito Lindo. We, we've been there before, haven't we? I feel like we've been, you and I have been there together. Salito Lindo, it's on uh, New Hampshire. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is the, they have the big outdoor 
uh, the yeah. big outdoor seating area. So when you walk by, it's next to the parking lot there. Normally, it's one of the parking lots you park on when you want to go hang out in Mass Street. And yeah. Tani and I, uh, one of our favorite bars is Henry's upstairs. Uh, and um, we would occasionally, there was Salito Lindo. If we wanted to eat something before going and having fun with our friends, we'd eat at Salito Lindo. Or there was a sushi restaurant. I think the sushi restaurant's gone now, but it used to be uh, Yokohama. And it's gone. Mm -hmm. but, but we would eat at Salito Lindo. And I love what I love about Salito Lindo is whenever it's really busy, there's just people everywhere there. And the, the margaritas, it's just uh, like they, they have a great price of margaritas. A great price on food and uh, it's lively and everyone seems to go there it's like a, a very popular spot to go to so yeah i like salito window i do uh, remember margaritas being very good there um yeah yeah so yeah in the indoor like the uh the visual experience when you walk in it's a lot of fun um something about it it's just you walk in the the colors are bright and the music's fun mm -hmm. everyone there seems like a lot of fun um, now, how spicy do you go on your mexican you a, do you like it pretty spicy or oh, I, no, no, I do not. Um, I am a, uh, a wimp when it comes to spice. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like if you ever like been on a date where you like order something too spicy, it's like a Ben Stiller moment where like you order something you get, like, sweaty, <laughs> you get gross, you can't think. And I don't know if that's happened to me. Like back in the day where you're like, I need to be able to think and not sweat while I'm eating because it just looks so unattractive. <laughs> but I know people who like, I know known people who can eat, the hottest stuff ever and, and yeah. not it doesn't phase them but yeah how about you i um i like a bit of spice you know like um when they bring out like the two salsas i'll mostly use the mild one but i like it i like a few bites of the spicy stuff and um if it's spicy you know it's like hey here's the mild here's the hot and here's something the CIA uses to get answers out of people. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. You know? <laughs> this is advanced their interrogation techniques. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, they, they take your tongue and you ever have like, okay, so whenever I watch that Hot One show where they do the Scoville things where people have to be interviewed while they're eating hot food. Yes. And, uh, hot wings, I should say. I remember taking um, a... a, a back a long time ago someone gave me like one of those real one of those hot like hottest experiences ever and it literally like yeah it, it, like there's some people who get uh they can't think they can't talk they had to walk it out or drink water mm -hmm. they can't do anything that would be me on that show i wouldn't be able to do anything <laughs> i would be i would be such a horrible uh, interview experience uh, <laughs> number one because i've not done anything that is a, that a famous person has done and two <laughs> i would also not be able to talk after eating that <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. You got some good stories. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I, yeah, should, uh, we yeah. should steal that idea and do it on this show, but uh, we won't record ourselves. It'll just be us freaking out audio only, screaming into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and and then pictures of us in the hospital afterwards. Yes. Or like, okay, how about this? Like, it's called it's called eating spicy food and then rubbing your eyes immediately after. <laughs> oh, and then we'll eat it and then we'll rub our eyes and then we'll try to like talk to each other <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing that sounds awful there's know? one glass of milk in the whole room it's like that movie saw <laughs> but instead of a saw there's a glass of milk and one person has to get it well, there's a key and you have to get it a glass of milk um but yeah were you going to say something? I feel like I cut you off. Well, I was just thinking, like, 
I, I could see us setting up that rubbed spicy stuff on your eyes thing and you 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 being like, okay, you go first. I changed my mind. I'm not going to do it. What? Ah, my eyes are burning. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I just envisioned you being evil just now. But. Well, for the complete list of the best Mexican restaurants in uh, Lawrence, go to our website. It's under the reviews Lawrence area. Just to name them off, it's number one, La Perilla, La Estrella, El Potro, Salito Lindo, El Mezcal, and Mi Ranchito. Mi Ranchito. I hope I'm saying that properly, too. Mi Ranchito. Mi Ranchito. Ranchito. Uh, I remember uh, back in the day, uh, there was a lot of my friends would recommend uh, Mi Ranchito. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, they got good stuff there, too. I remember going there in college a lot um, after uh, classes or remember that was a popular place to go like at the end of year for a lot of students uh, to kind of, you know, everyone get together. So it was a popular spot, but check out the full list on our website. We'll have it listed there and I'll even tweet it out and post it along with our podcast when this comes live, when, when we publish this as well. So yeah. All right, Joe, it's, we've come to the end of the podcast. Here we are. We, we talked about my two favorite things, real estate and spicy food. So <laughs> real estate, <clears throat> New homes, Hayes, Kansas, and how <laughs> how our technology apparently is from uh, 1930s or something. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we, we we confused the hell out of Ma Bell when we set up this Zoom call. Yeah, it was. Go <laughs> the real tour, everybody. Go <laughs> the real tour, and we're gonna take a look at listing a nuclear power plant. <laughs> And uh, go from there. Maybe we should make a we should make a funny mock listing for the power plant, and like how do we approach like positioning this as a thing to sell? That'd be kind of a fun idea. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to drop a special seller's disclosure um, with with nuclear items on it. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. And then like we can even record like a like a like a social media listing. We would put together like a flyer and like <laughs> like highlight its the features and benefits of why you want to own this. So we should do that. That might be a fun meme thing for us to try. So, okay, Joe Realtor, Joe Stevenson, thank you for- Thank you, Brian Reynolds. As always, fun. Please like, share, subscribe to our podcast. Check back often. Um, you can find us on the our website is ksrealtyagent.com, uh, where we are reviewing Kansas Living. We're reviewing real estate tips. If you're a real estate agent, you want to learn more tips, you can learn that there. If you're a pr- prospective home buyer, you can learn a lot about maybe buying tips or buying strategies, or if you're a seller, do you want to list your house? You can also find ways to, you know, information about how to stage your home, list your home, uh, you know, and, and, and Joe, you're, he, he's an expert. So you can always contact him and he'll help you out in any way you want. Isn't that right, Joe? If I can sell a nuclear plant, I can sell your three bedroom house. Yes. <laughs> Joe, the realtor, everyone. Good episode, Joe. Yes. Talk to you later. Bye. I right, Talk to you, Brian.